0: busy Mm -mm. okay let me run something past you real quick you ever talked about something so much that you're like bruh I don't even want to talk about this anymore not that you don't want to talk about it anymore but more so you don't want to complain about it anymore yeah that's pretty much where I'm at so to update you uh I'm executing an exit plan for this particular position. Because, listen, although God done gave me some amazing topic conversational starters and it's been the catalyst to a lot of my personal uh, growth, this job has served its course, okay? I am more than the certain that it is done, okay? It is finished, Says the Lord, Thy God, from my life. That's how that's gonna work out. Let me explain something to you today. <laughs> as much as I want to scream and be hyped right now, there is um a pain in my temple area, uh, in the very left uh, side of the upper quadrant uh, there of, because today was one of those days. Let me explain something to you. I couldn't even. You already know I'm about to say I couldn't write this if I tried. So. <laughs> Let, let me backdrop real quick. So after speaking to you my last few conversations, I reflected and I was like, yo, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, just, I'm like, I'm done. And I was like, no, let, let me rephrase that. I don't want to complain about this anymore. I'm more than willing to continue to process it, get as many nuggets from this particular piece of my garden of life as I can. Because you already know, you plant one thing, you're going to need this fruit for later. So I don't want to complain about it. I do want to process this. I do want to grow from this. And and if it requires for me to continue to talk about it, then so be it. But I don't want to talk in circles. I don't want an Israelite kind of experience. If we're going to talk about it, I want to shed some light on it. I want to get some new growth from it. You see what I'm saying? And so... I just decided, okay, so while I am I have confirmed and sat down with God and my husband and was like, Listen, uh, I'm done and I'm exiting stage left as soon as God goes ahead and let me catch something in this net that I've cast. Husband was like, Cool, so as long as we on one accord and i didn't get no pushback from god before i said any of that oh it's it's already done i believe it it's it's done like it was like it was yesterday like that's how strongly i feel about this so i decided to okay so while i'm still here for for the rest of my tenure at this particular job i wanted to sort through what things are making it uncomfortable or toxic for you So God put that on my heart. So I started looking up like toxic work environments and I found a couple of things and I found a list that had like 10 things. And when I went through the list of 10, the job was eight. The only reason why I wasn't the full 10 is because I do have work life balance because it's close to home. So my commute is super like, it's not an issue. And the fact that at my hours allowed for me to, once I'm done, I'm done. I can go home. There is no calling me. There is no, hey, emergencies. You know, I've had jobs before, especially when I was in social work, where you were on call. I don't have any of that. So it does give me work-life balance. But, uh... Outside of that, yeah, it was a smooth 8 out of 10 on the toxic realm. So I was like, okay, so I'm going through and I'm sorting through. So what makes it toxic? And it's like, you know, if you feel burnt. Oh, and that was the other thing. I didn't feel burnt out. Like I don't feel like like I'm working in the factory with my hands all day long. You know, that kind of, it's not a straining physically. It's definitely straining emotionally, but I had to be fair, and that's why I gave it an 8 out of 10. So with me coming up with my exit plan, with me looking up, all these different ways to kind of adjust, you know, (laughs) while you are still there. I was like, you know what, it's this one accounting task that I do every Monday that just seems to evoke a disrespectful, toxic, unprofessional work environment. And I don't want to do it. I also did not want to wait to another situation happen for me to go ahead and speak to this individual once again. So I decided on a good Sunday, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send an email from my work email because I can tap into the A number gmail.com, just a different username. So, you know, I wasn't doing no extra. It don't come to my phone. Have a nice day. And I sent an email to said individual that I work with in accounting. And I was like, hey, trying to alleviate the toxic environment thereof and I noticed that we keep clashing in this particular area and in a nutshell just was like I I like my working relationship with you I just see that this is the area where we tend to continuously have a run-in with unprofessionalism and you know I've tried to talk to you about it before you've brought it to my attention hey just let me know when I'm doing it and while I appreciate that I don't want to bear the burden of letting someone know when they're disrespectful at work or unprofessional at work and and so pretty much just asked her, can we, I'm just not going to do this part of the uh, task, which was invoices and accounts payable and some other payment things that I had to do. I was like, so I'm not going to do that any longer. I will continue the rest of my accounting tasks and duties. And, you know, <laughs> and I wrapped it all up as nicely as I could, paraphrasing, of course, uh, put it in the bone, press in. Before I pressed in, I gave it some cool karma collected, checked myself, was like, are you emotional? Are you being petty betty? petty the bell you know is any of that in it it's like nope let my husband read it my husband was like I don't see no problem with it I was like cool uh went ahead and sent it uh came in the next day which is today uh and uh yeah so mm, didn't work out too well but whatever let me get into the story so she comes into my office and she's like unfortunately your work duties include for you to do a b and c and she has this thing that when she talks she moves her head side to side like almost like if we was in the middle of the playground they'd be like oh fight, 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 because she's already about that life with her the head bouncing in the hands and all that and so I so calmly said after her opening sentence was unfortunately you know your job duties include you having to do do this so um yeah I said okay very calmly because always make sure that you match poison with poise. I'm not matching you, ma'am. So I was like, so what's another, what's another option? And she responds back with poison. For you to go get the invoices. I said, oh, okay, just like that. <laughs> Gave her that professional laugh like, ooh, chick, if you was in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, okay, and left it. I guess she's seen after some minutes turn hours turn whatever you know three hours later probably felt like in her spirit but it wasn't that long she had um her supervisor which is also my supervisor come in what does he have in his hand the invoices so he places them on my desk he's like are you and such and such having a hard time I say yes sir we are he was like well listen you know. <laughs> here you can't be, you know, you can't be so sensitive that you can't take things when somebody's saying something to you, you know, that that's just who she is. So I sat back in my chair because every moment is a teachable moment, sir and ma'am. So I sat back in my chair. I said, is the verb, I said, is it, is it sensitivity or is it disrespect, unprofessional, and rudeness that spews from her? He was like, well, you yeah, I just, yeah. I said, oh, okay. So I'll let him go ahead and continue on. Because my thing was, oh, I just want to make sure you have your verbiage right. Because I had a strict English teacher and you're about to get this work. So that's how that's going to work out. So he then goes on to say, fast forwarding through, uh, you know, we just have to accept that because, you know, she's a Yankee. I said, well, let me stop you there. Because these Southerners, sorry for you know, I don't want to do disrespect, but this is how it's going to come out. These southerners had this idea that New Yorkers or anyone from upstate is kind of like rude and disrespectful. And whilst that may be true. Okay. I don't want no judgment. Judgment free phone call. Okay, great. Whilst that may be true. Okay. um, She don't get that pass, bruh. I'm full bred at New York. She's from Albany. Like I chump you. Have a nice day. So I said one. No, we're not going to use the fact that she's a Yankee because I'm a Yankee too. Two, no, I'm not just going to accept that. This, and I said the dollar amount that I make, this dollar amount for the days that I work dealing with her and just dealing with it is above my pay grade. She is not my supervisor. She's not the CEO. She's my peer. I've had conversations with her about this, that, and the third, and I went as lengthy as I could to let him know, no, you deal with that because that's your (laughs) subordinate. That's not mine. And I said, I don't ruffle any feathers. I come here on time. I do what I'm supposed to do. And I feel like at this juncture, I have to make a statement. And the statement is, I'm no longer willing to just deal with it. And it's disheartening that no one has at some point in in her tenure here say, hey, we need to go ahead and fix that. I said, but I'm willing to continue to do the invoices if it's under you. I'm willing to continue to do invoices if it's under someone else, someone who wants to teach someone who's willing to learn, but I'm not willing to deal with disrespect. And that's just where I'm at. Well, maybe we just all need to sit down. I said, whatever you think is going to work out, I'm I'm open to anything that you want to do. I said, but at this point, those invoices are going to sit right there if I have to deal with her another day. And then he went away. And then I went ahead and started doing some other tasks and things. Fast forward, (laughs) almost closer to lunch, she comes in there and she's like, hey, just wanted to see where you were at with the invoices. I said, nowhere. Hmm? And so she just stood there. I said, yeah, just waiting for the supervisor to come back and give me, you know, an update on how he would like to handle it. Well, he said that you should do it. I said, he didn't tell me that. So I'll get with him. And then that was it. Carried on throughout my day, went to lunch, did all the things that needs to be done because it's not getting touched. I said what I said. And so um, she saw me in a different department and was like, and apparently word came back to me that it was, you know, I'm not happy about this. Da, da, da. And it was my supervisor's bright idea to, hey, let her go help out over here real quick. I guess that was his non-confrontational way of saying, I don't really want to deal with this, so let me just remove you because... You know she'll have to do it if I don't do it, and so when she was like, you know, I'm not happy. His verbiage back to her was, yeah, you said this already, and so she's like, he said, well, didn't you say it only takes you about ten minutes to go ahead and, and do that? Yeah, it takes me ten minutes. Um, but it's it it took me longer when I had to um clear up her f ups, and she used the bleep word, the bleep word, not the bangang, <laughs> the bleep word Uh oh like what you want okay so now let me tell you something about me if you have not noticed I am such a peacemaker my natural wiring and my natural posture is I don't want to ruffle no feathers but then there's that other side of me. You know how, like, God is, like, the Lamb of God, and then he's, like, the Lion of Judah. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You are the great I am. Like, he's, you know how, okay. So I feel like the Lamb part of me is, like, you know, I play the harp. And I'm, like, bro, I don't really want to, I don't want no problems, bruh. And then when I get to that other side, that New York side, I feel like I'm DMX, like, come get it uh," up. Like a whole nother something come out of me. But I have now grown that it doesn't come out boisterous and just, you know, black, angry woman. It doesn't come off like that. It comes a lot like I understand that I can have control without letting you control my emotions or, or this dialect. I said what I said, and that's what I said. Period. So the peacemaker in me was having a real hard time. Like, bruh, just do the invoices. I don't want to deal with this. It's too much. And the advocate was like, shut up, (laughs) okay? We have a point to prove. And I went on lunch prior to hearing her say that little smirk, little disrespectful remark that's going to carry me all the way. Okay, great. Have a nice day. But I went on lunch saying, where did this come from? Like this posture of feeling like, no, 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 (laughs) nobody, no dollar amount, no title, no nothing on this earth gets the right to cloud my space and me not say, hey, you're fumigating me. Nobody gets the right to trample on my flowers of my garden in front of my house that I built so, and I'm talking emotionally, that I built so Intently, Like it took so much for me to grow out of being that little girl who didn't want to ruffle feathers. The little girl who couldn't find her voice. The little girl that when I did speak up, it was too much volume or, you know, it was too much bass. And I had to go ahead and keep adjusting the knobs. And, you know, how do I speak? How do I say what I feel without getting so lost in emotion that people can't hear me because they're trying to hear me. And it's getting lost in in tears and anger. And I want to fight and I want to break something. and But then I want to be quiet. But then I let it build up. It took so long for me to go ahead and blossom from that little girl. And so nobody walking this green and blue muddy earth gets to come into my life and tell me this is how you're going to speak to me. This is how I'm going to deal with you and you're going to be okay with it. I'm sorry. You got the wrong household. Period. I grew so much from that. From the girl who was scared to speak up. So I let it build up. And then I burst because that's the only time that I had, you know, the the courage to speak up. Because if I was angry, that was the vehicle that I was most familiar with. It took courage to get to a point to say, I don't want to be felt more than I want to be understood. I don't want you to feel my rage. I want you to understand that something needs to change and I'm uncomfortable. So when I learned that that was... My end goal, there was no reason to project. There was no reason to use profanity. There was no reason to threaten. There was no reason, you know, I'm still working on the wit part. But, you know, listen, I'm, I'm from the concrete, like what you thought. And so, you know, a little bit of that comes with the timberlands and all that and the side talk and how you want to do it. But that's fine. And I'm working on that part. But you do not get to come into my personal space and fumigate me. You don't get to do that. I don't come into your space and fumigate you. So if you step in my space, step lightly. Step step in a way that looks like you're sincere and that you're considerate. Or I'm going to tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, did you know you just did that? Like you, you loitered and littered somewhere that I'm passionate about. No, like when you just talk to me that way, I can't. Yeah, so no one gets to call it, or deem it anything else that's why I had to tear a uh, supervisor a new one slightly uh, because you don't get to call disrespect sensitive yeah maybe I'm just a little bit sensitive to this environment and I had to say I said you know it's a shame that the only two professional things or or characters that is needed to work here is gossip and unprofessionalism. oh baby Oh, baby, when I say God put all the words in my mouth, because I was driving to work like, Lord, (laughs) Lord, prepare me to be disrespectful. Like, no, that's not how the song goes, but that's how I was feeling. And so when I was, again, going through this, like, yo, where'd this come from? And it was just like years of just not being able to speak up, years of just not knowing how to say a thing, years of being uncomfortable. Like th- this, this ethnicity comes with an automatic discomfort. Th- this gender comes with an automatic disadvantage. And so when you're quiet and when the underdog has to keep being quiet and then people think they can keep saying and doing whatever, you get to the point that you're like, yo, guess what? <laughs> I'm willing to risk whatever for my freedom. My freedom, however you want to do it, but I'm willing to risk it. And when I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? This was the very same thing that when I read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I couldn't understand that level of gangster. Like, I, I just, It was like, what? what are y'all doing? This is outrageous. Because the peacemaker in me is like, shh, you're making too much noise. Just just blend in. Just be okay. But then you know what? No, because nobody great that I, I can recall was great because they blended in. Not a Malcolm X, not a Martin Luther, not an anybody. Anybody who was great took a step to the left and was like, I'm going to get out the crowd to show that I'm different. You got to deal with me different. You're going to remember me differently, and I'm going to live this life differently. And anything that looks like blending, looks like neutral, looks like regular, and it looks like I didn't live life the way I was supposed to because God gave me a special imprint. And if I look like you, then who am I? Right? And so I went ahead and was like, all right, let me just go ahead and just show you the gains So I want to take it back just a little bit. Daniel 2, if you don't know nothing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, go read your Bible 1, but A, they're in Daniel 2. Now, Daniel was, God gave you so much. Anyway, he went ahead and intercepted and dissected, interpreted rather, King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And when he was able to do that, because nobody else seemed to be able to do it, God gave Daniel the anointing to go ahead and do so. And with him getting closer and getting that clout from Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel was like, hey, also, I want you to go ahead and appoint Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I want them to be in charge of all the affairs over Babylon um, while I'm still in this particular place in a palace with you like since I got promoted aka let me take my three boys with me and so Nebuchadnezzar was like cool so I was like oh okay so that's how then you two ends now isn't it like life where you feel like man you know I feel like you either got a promotion you have a new relationship your relationship got back on track with either a personal romance or with friendships or with family or whatever it is you just get to that juncture in life where you like man I'm on my way like, real talk, I needed this. Like, like this was a once-in-a-lifetime situation, or this was a great opportunity, or this is going to be awesome. And then, just like life, you go to Daniel 3, the very next chapter, and you're like, what just happened? King Nebuchadnezzar decided he wanted to go ahead and just build the statue um, nine feet tall and nine feet wide. And, you know, he started smelling himself, feeling himself a little bit more than the average bear. And he decided, you know what? I want everybody to start worshiping this uh, statue. Like, that's what I want. I think that's a great idea, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. And then when some troublemakers in the palace seen that Meshach and them wasn't doing it, they were like, mm, I'm going to tell and that's what I'm going to do. So they went ahead and confirmed and was like, um, they're not doing what you said. Yeah, remember when you said that everybody has to go ahead and uh, worship this nine feet, just ginormous thing of you, and you said anyone who doesn't will be thrown in a furnace of fire? Yeah, so them boys is not doing it. So I just want to go ahead and just let you know. And so I want to start at Daniel 3. You know, I read from the NLT version, verse 11. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. Twelve, but there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Thirteen, then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, fourteen, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is this true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That you refuse to serve my God so to worship the gold statue I have set up? Fifteen, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sounds of the musical trump instruments. I'm getting so like, But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? You ready for the gangster? Watch this. 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. 18. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty. That we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Yo, let's go, Me Shack. Come on, Me Me Shay, Shay, and Ben Ben. You see, yo yo, where did you learn to be that bouty? What you what you rap, sir sirs? What you rap? Oh my gosh! A couple of seasons ago in my life, probably decades, probably. I used to read this like, oh, my gosh, they a different kind about it. But sitting in the seat that I see now, I totally get it. Bruh, I am not finna be chained to nobody else's expectations and demands and everything else if it don't sit right with me and how I live my life. Period. (sighs) Poo. You are not going to rename me Dora and Matt. And I don't see that anywhere on my birth certificate. You, sir, are bugging out. And you know what I love? I love the fact that they started off like, listen, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. Because I feel like that's what a lot of us mess up. Uh Uh-uh, I'm going to go in there and get such and such a piece of my mind, and I'm going to also say A, B, and C. And we give a lot of explanation. We give a lot of room to places and things that don't deserve it. No, explanations is for sound-minded people. Not people who decided I'm going to go ahead and build something you're going to have to worship. Not people who have shown you on a different occasion that when I speak to you, I have the tendency to be disrespectful. Not, not anything that looks like, no, you are not level-minded, sane enough for me to have a conversation that looks like it would even produce the results that I want. So when it comes to uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not explaining myself to you, sir. Almost similarly like I did today at the, at the job. Hey, where you at with the invoices? Nowhere. <laughs> I didn't even know it be spiritual. You understand? And isn't it amazing when somebody can't control you that they want to muscle their way to do something? Sir, listen, you can't break people or a person. Who has the structure of God's gonna rescue me, but even if God don't rescue me the way that I think, I'm still not gonna bow down to what you think I should do. Yo. My head is starting to hurt a little bit more because I'm getting hyped. Like, yo. What manner of clay are these that they like, yo, I would rather go home and be with the Lord before I let you even think that you got that kind of control over me. If it don't sit well with me, I'm not going to be sitting by you phonely. I'm not doing it. We really need to start conjuring that up. Not being troublemakers, not spreading strife, not doing anything that looks anything remotely of. You have to stand your ground in certain things. There are certain things that you like. Listen, there's a lot of things I will bend with. This is not one of them. I feel as a effective human being, you can't just walk life and be okay with just everything, and then you also can't be on the extreme side where you're trying to change everything. And no, I'm you know, I'm a marching. You know, I'm, a march and I'm a do. I mean, marching and all that is cool. I, I, I get it. But if it's not something that you directly feel like, listen, I wouldn't care what the ramifications are. I'm willing to let you know in your face and whomever faces come after yours that I'm not doing it. Oh my gosh! Where did they learn this? And if you go on to read, I don't even want to get into that part because it's not what I wanted to discuss in this conversation. But that level of confidence—oh my goodness! It matter of fact, I'm gonna read the very just one. Nope, just one verse more. I'm not reading not another. Don't make me do it. So verse 19. So after they went ahead and said, I'll start with 18 again. But even if he doesn't. Nope, I gotta go up because it's just 17. it's just it's too dope if we are thrown into the blazing furnace the God whom we serve is able to save us he will rescue us from your power your Majesty hold on time out do you do you, do you see the petty they was petty in the Bible you see the petty okay come back okay 18. but even if he doesn't we want to make it clear to you your majesty that we will never serve your God so worship the God the gold statue. You have set up. Nineteen, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times harder than usual. I'm put. Nope. I'm putting my Bible down. You're not gonna make me keep reading. <sighs> Listen to me. I am so proud of them boys. And reading that, I feel like I just want to go ahead and give a hand clap of praise for me. Okay louder yeah sure okay louder okay yeah <laughs> listen <laughs> we made it and when I say we I mean everything that I used to go home after having splats or you know, interactions with people and be like man I should have said ah and the next time and I'm replaying it in my head and I'm like "Ooh, I let them get the best of me and this time the third. wow you know I didn't feel any of that today I very much felt like I don't know what y'all going to do about these invoices, but I said what I said. Listen, there is a place in your life if you take a close magnifying look that you could actually learn and could you, you actually need to start doing it. You could afford to start standing your ground a little more. You could afford to say, you know what, I've been real quiet about this. And that in my silence, I think is sending off the wrong message. And so I'm not going to turn up. I'm not going to get extracurricular. I'm just going to let it be known with a position of poise that your poison is no longer welcome. If I deem it poison, you don't get to deem it anything else outside of what I said you don't get to call poison power you don't get to call poison sensitivity you don't get to step on my toe and then when I yelp you say "Ooh, you should get a stronger toe why don't you watch how you step there should be some accountability when someone is dealing with you or they always have the option not to deal with you at all point blank the (laughs) peer do you understand that I need need you to really like low key. I'm giving you your challenge early. So let me just go ahead and say, this is your challenge. Where could you afford to say, you know what? I have been trying to play peacemaker, just deal with it. That's just such and such. They mean well, or you went ahead and stamped whatever it is. We've been together for this long. This is just how it is now. Well, you know, when they become teenagers, you know, the kids. Well, you know, my parents, they feel like, or, you know, I'm making more money at this job, and, you know, new levels is new devils. And whatever you went ahead and conjured up and gave excuse to, would you feel freer if you stood your ground? Would you, could you benefit from having a Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo mindset? These boys literally taught something that cannot be taught in anybody's classroom. And that is standing in your faith with a confidence that is unbreakable by any human being. That is breathing what you breathe. How dare you allow for anyone to go ahead and have a higher authority over you. I don't care what their title, what their bracket of taxes, what their position, what hierarchy. I don't care. These boys were saying this to the king over a decree. Do you know what that means? They literally, It literally was a law that Nebuchadnezzar made that you're going to have to worship this statue. And they said, oh, okay, well, buddy, guess what? I'm not doing that. So, yeah, that's just it. These boys came against the law, mm-hmm. a law, a law because it did not sit well with something inside of them. Now I've read this thing. I didn't see nowhere that God was like, uh, this is how you should do it. He just gave one of those real smooth, like, Hey, let them be no other guys before me. And you know what? I have a sneaky suspicion that we've made God of things that small g, God's. Gods of things that we didn't even realize. Whenever you let somebody trump what you know to be true to your natural being, to your ethics, to your principles, to your values, to your morals, you have made them a God because you have said, I put you before what's important to me. You have made them a God. Have you made your supervisor a God? Where if it was anyone else out in the street, uh, you would have been like, <clears throat> excuse me, would you, how would you say? Okay, yeah, let's, let's double back. Let's not do that. Have you made a f- particular family member a guy? Anything that allows, that you allow more space in your house of life, but you realize the more space I give you, the more graffiti I come out with. You are not responsible for this space in my life. And while you can't change everyone, and that is not your uh, your duty in life, unless God gave that to you, he will give you the instructions that is connected to your calling. But you have to stand firm in that. And you want to know what's so funny? And I promise you, that's why I use my real life, because I couldn't rewrite it if I wanted to. This very day of standing my ground, do you know I got two job interviews? Because I literally sat with God, and I'm going to just give you my formula because I know you're like, ooh, I want to be excited, but I want to show you the formula first. The formula was I sat down with God and I said, hey, uh, you said to bring everything to you, right? And you said, because I was with my husband, I said, you said, well, there's two or more gathered. You are here in the midst. And the Bible says that if I submit all my my plans to you, that you will show me what path to take. That's in Proverbs, right? And so I just, again, the Bible says remind me of, of his word, right? So I went ahead and I did that. And I said, here's my plan. I thought I wanted to go the HR route because I wanted, my goal is to make business and corporate better than what it is. I feel like it sucks and it shouldn't have to. I really want to get into business operations, but that's another conversation for another day. And so I I let him know what my goal was. And I said, I thought I wanted to go the HR route because I feel like the more that I learn about the pulse and the heartbeat of an organization, then I will be able to have a better understanding of, okay, this is what needs to be changed. But because I prayed for this position, I don't think that I want this path. And you know what? Pause. It is okay to change your mind. Can you give yourself permission to change your mind? When I saw that God changed his mind, when he looked down in the Bible and was like, I regret making, man. The thing that he once called good, he looked back down and did a reassessment and was like, this is not good anymore. Ever since I've read that, I no longer feel any kind of way in changing my mind. I don't. So, resume. I told God, I thought this was the way I wanted to go. You know what? I changed my mind. I don't like this. This is not the path that I want to take. And not that it's, oh, this job. I actually did some research. And I was like, okay, so how do you get into the HR field? And I'm looking at the certifications that I want, and I'm looking at the processes. And I'm like, this is not exactly for me what I want. I said, so God, here's what I want to do. I think I want to go this path. And I went ahead and I spoke out faith of what I want to see without any doubt in my heart. I sealed it in prayer. And I made sure that it was no doubt because the Bible says that uh, you pray with doubt. You know, that's a man that's unstable in all his ways. Okay. And you don't get anything from the Lord. So I made sure when I'm praying, I'm speaking from truth. And yup, this is exactly what I feel. This is exactly what I'm saying to you. And then I went ahead and woke up the next day and God was like, send her that email. I said, okay, cool. And I also said, God, this is, um, I'm done here. Like my tenure here is done. And while I am a part of the walkout ministries, I've walked out of many a jobs. For some reason, I want to face Nebuchadnezzar head on. And so here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to stand the ground to make sure that the person who sits in this seat after me, that they thank God that I sat here first. That I would take the blunt and the bruises of anything that succumbed as long as change is sparked from this. And then once change is sparked from this, then I'm done. And it's a tea for timeout and I'm going off to my next things. But I'm confident that this is not it. I'm confident that you're going to get me to a place that I will feel like, man, this is it. And I'm honored that you allowed me to go this path because as long as it makes somebody else's life easier, as long as it sheds light on any gray area, then I'm okay. And I don't look at it like wasted time because we talked about that, right? And the very next, I just did what I said I was going to do, unwavered, with poise, kept my character intact. And God opened up the way. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God was literally like, that's all I asked you to do. I read a Bible that says, if you ask anything in Jesus name, it will be done. If you ask the father for anything in Jesus name, it shall be done. And as long as I know that I don't have any malintentions, there is no selfishness in me. I'm not asking just to go ahead and do something for me. The thing that I'm called to do, the thing that we're always called to do is to help somebody else to help on a bigger scale. And because I'm asking God, put me out there. But while you put me out there work on my personality and my character to make sure that it supports my blessing he took me this way through the wilderness to get to my promised land and I'm okay with that but more than ever I have learned such a valuable lesson in this wilderness and it is I have learned to stand my ground and match poise with poison oh it's easy to be poisonous but to have this much power be able to contain it and articulate to you in a way that it, 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 it turns Nebuchadnezzar so angry that his face is, you know, it distorts with rage. When I told that lady, Wait, what's up with the invoices? Nothing. Oh, you should have saw her face. And I didn't even do it to be petty. I did it because I knew that anything outside of um two or three words was going to cause some type of clashing, so I didn't want that with her. I didn't want it. And and it was just like, yeah, so I'm not having this conversation because again I can't talk to someone who's not sane. I can't talk to someone who's so temperamental and disrespectful. I don't expect to put in peanut butter and jelly sandwich on a table, uh, with a person who shows me that no matter what you put on this table, I'm gonna put doodle on it. Oh, so I'm not gonna put nothing on the table, then I'm sorry. Like that's just how that's gonna go. So I'm gonna keep you updated with these job interviews more than anything, I'm going to keep you updated with Nebuchadnezzar and them at this shop. And let me explain something to you. I believe in my heart that at the end of it all, that my goals for Shrive and Inspire is going to have me jaw dropped. I believe that. But I also believe that while I'm waiting on that, that I can make a difference in the corporate world. It's just my thing. I'm probably going to end up with a few businesses and I speak it. I speak it with confidence because I know what it is. But I understand that things take time. And while it's taking time, I don't want to waste time and I'm going to refine my character through whatever means that God sees fit. And for this particular season of my life, he chose this particular path and that's okay. And I want you to be okay with whatever path that he's given you. And I only share as much as I share, not only to entertain because life be a movie sometime, but to encourage and to let you know you're not alone. Bishop Michael Jackson said it. Okay. Um, that, Nothing new is under the sun. So if you're not experiencing it now, you're going to know somebody who has experienced it or just wait, it's coming in the next season for you. And to be able to have the confidence of knowing not only do you see me walk it out, but we can go back and trace it back in the Bible. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why I love these conversations because they are, again, life-provoking conversations, conversations that not everybody's going to have with you. We need to have this level of vulnerability and intimacy and just growth with one another so that we can refuel in these conversations and go back out in the world and kick butt. You see what I'm saying? But listen, I feel like you got what you needed. I am so excited. I feel like you have literally been the front row seat to some of the best chapters of my life. And while I want to skip through a lot of them and just like, ugh, I just, God, can we put a period, please? He's like, nope, comma, and it's more paragraphs. I'm like, yes, sir. Like, as much as I want to go ahead and curl up and just, I'm going to be honest with you, today I wasn't going to go to work. But I felt inside, I said, you're cowering out. And being a coward never reaps the reward. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go in. Then I got to work and was like, I'm going to leave early mm I can't. No, this is the best chapter of my. Like, this feels like a book. And I know that, you know, this is. My life is a book. Everybody's is. That's why you're going to have to account for what you did on Judgment Day. But that's between you and the Lord. But this is the best part. Why would I give an underwhelming ending? You see what I'm saying? You ever watched a movie that was dope? And you were like, ah, but it... They had all the potential, the plot, the twist, the, and then they just like, it was lackluster towards the end. I don't want to do that to God and the angels watching me and and my children and, you know, the stories that I can tell, the fruit that I can give from this particular chapter. I dare not. This is going to be a box office bestseller. I'm talking about hitting millions on the first view. One day I will write a book about my life. One day I will be on the big screen. But even if that doesn't come to pass at a time frame that I'm thinking, I will always be able to pull back the pages and feed everyone who is willing to listen. And if we don't get off this phone, you already know I'm going to be on for another hour because when things are passionate to me, your girl can talk, right? So I'm going to let you let me go. I'm going to keep you updated. But listen, stand your ground. Later.